0: do It's the Casey's Corner Podcast coming to you live on this Tuesday. Surprised I got the day of the week right. I've not been very good at that during this COVID-19 pandemic, but we've got a jam-packed show coming your way today. Uh we are going to have two call-in guests. We are going to have WNBA star Teresa plays also will be joining us. I'm recording this intro after already having spoken to Teresa. Uh, So you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, Teresa was very candid. She spent some time in China during the beginnings of the COVID-19 pandemic. She talks to us about that. She talks to us about life as a professional basketball player. She's preparing for another WNBA season with the Connecticut Sun. Teresa is someone I'm so proud of. She has done so much with her career and so much to improve and get better. I've known her since she was uh, 11th grader, 12th grader in high school. Great person, great human being. She deserves all the successes that have come her way. We'll have her on a little later in the show. Um, Actually, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to record an interview with South LaFouche standout athlete Michaela Bynum. Michaela is um, not playing anything right now because her seasons have been canceled, but she was in the process of completing an athletic year where she was A letter winner in in tons of different things she was obviously star women's basketball player and she was member of the track team member of the softball team and i'm probably forgetting some other things that she played along the way uh we're gonna have Michaela on to talk about what it's been life like to be um under quarantine i know that uh she had big plans for her track season and i did forget one of Michaela's sports because she's a cross-country athlete as well um what it's like to be in the quarantine. What was it like to hear the news that your seasons have been postponed and you're not going to be able to play anymore? So we'll talk to Mac about that in just a second. Um, but first, I wanted to give, I'm going to do things inside out today. Usually I go COVID first and then I you know, do the the sports stuff after. I'm going to do sports stuff first today and then we're going to close the show with, with COVID-19. Um, so I wanted to do a little bit of a sports talk out front before we get to Teresa. Um, there were reports today on ESPN, and they were talking to Mike Tyson. Yeah, my, that Mike Tyson, 53-year-old Mike Tyson, talking to his trainer. Uh, I know everybody's been seeing these reports on on ESPN and Sports Center. Mike Tyson's been getting into shape during the COVID pandemic, and his trainer kind of hinted that he may be looking to fight again. Um, he looks fantastic. He he's, he's as fast as he ever was. He looks strong and you know big and bulky and. Got me to thinking. Could this work? And talking to some of my buddies um, who were in the boxing world or used to be in the boxing world, you know, Damien and Nick, um, and they kind of hinted that man, maybe this isn't as crazy as we think it is. And they believe that if he's fed the right opponents, he could rack up a bunch of wins. And here's the thing about Mike Tyson is that I don't think he's ever be the, the heavyweight champion again. You know, this is not you know a George Foreman story. He's not going to come back and win the world title. Um, but I don't care if he's fighting a garbage can. I am gonna. I, I would love to see that happen. That's the thing about Mike is that he's one of those guys that he's so mainstream and he's so popular that no matter what he's doing, we're interested in seeing him do it. So do I think that there's legs there and that he could potentially maybe get back into the ring again? I don't know. But I, I know I'm interested and I know that I would love to see it. And do I think he could beat some guys? You're damn right. I think he could beat some guys. Um, I don't think he could fight at the highest level. Um, but I think he would be protected and he would be a sideshow. He'd be a guy that, um, people would still want to, to, to pay to watch. And I think he would knock the hell out of some people and and score some knockouts against some softer opponents. Um, Evander Holyfield fought successfully into his fifties. Um, and I think Arn Mike, if he, and this is a big, if I'm not saying that he is coming back, that just, the report says that he may if he chooses to go that way i think he could do it and i think he could do it with relative success lsu football got big recruiting news garrett nussmeyer number six quarterback in the country for the 2021 or the uh, the 2021 class he's decided that he's going to be a tiger Um, garrett is a pocket passer a polished passer. he's smooth he's a four-star he's probably going to be a big-time player he's the son of an offensive coordinator at the sec level and it just brings up the greater message here that I want to convey. And just in the last 72 hours, okay, just in the last 72 hours, there have been, okay, first Coach Ed Ogeron wishing The Rock happy birthday on Twitter. Then The Rock replying to Ed Ogeron's tweet and thanking him for everything that he's done for his career. Then a report coming out that when Governor John Bell Edwards visited the White House, the first thing President Trump said was, hey, we've got to get Coach O on the line. I want to talk to Coach O. And then, you know, this report of Garrett Nussmeyer committing to LSU, fresh off of the heels of LSU, having 20 guys go to the NFL during the draft and after the draft and having the number one pick in the draft. And it all brings up the message that is is there any brand in any sport, college, pro, you name it, that is quote-unquote cooler than the LSU football brand? And I don't know that there is right now. Um, you look at the things they do on social media, the hype videos before games. How many people in the state of Louisiana were waiting, you know, sitting on their hands on the Thursday and Friday before games down the stretch of the season, waiting to get that hype video out so that they could rock it and that they could you know be have something to look forward to before the big LSU game? My hands raised right now. I was one of them. I looked forward to all those the videos and I even went so far as after the season to say if lsu would have boxed them all together and released you know like a dvd or a blu-ray with them all in one i would have bought it even though they're archived on the internet i would have bought it just because you know it's a collectible it's a collector's item a big part of that team's successes was its ability to reignite and and you know reunite a fan base that had been battered and bruised for so long Uh, the 2010s of LSU football history were defined by winning a bunch of games, but the fan base was never fully invested in the the idea that we could beat Alabama. Well, this year, we won a bunch of games, got over the hump, beat Alabama, and then once they beat Alabama, just destroyed everybody in their wake after that. And by the end of the season, if you look at the last four games that that team played, they dismantled Texas A&M. They dismantled Georgia in virtually a road game. They abused Oklahoma in the semifinals. And outside of a slow start in the first quarter, they abused Clemson in the national championship game. Those are four quality games against four quality opponents where they were flawless and they blew dominant opponents out for four straight games, four straight weeks. I don't know that we're ever going to see a collection of talent like that that comes together and plays its best ball at the right time. But my goodness, there's no brand hotter than LSU football right now in the country. And that that's any sport, that's anything. You know, the Golden State Warriors were that hip, trendy brand. Right now, I could argue that LSU football is nearing that level. Not quite there, but nearing that level in terms of their, the, the program that I think all these recruits are looking at from around the country and saying, hey, I want to be a part of this. I want to become an LSU Tiger. I think LSU recruiting is going to continue to be on the up and up. The NFL schedule is going to come out on Thursday. Um, The league announced that today. They've been flirting with this for the last several weeks. They've been trying to figure out when they wanted to release the schedule, how they wanted to release the schedule. Um, There's so much uncertainty. Um, We don't know if fans are going to be allowed at games. We don't – New Orleans Mayor – cantrell uh oh boy i could do an entire show on my thoughts on her that's another argument for another day but she's already come out and said she doesn't think there's going to be fans in the mercedes-benz superdome and she's not backing down and all these different comments it's asinine she's insane but she's already said there's not going to be uh fans in the dome um and the nfl i'm sure is taking all this into consideration when they make their schedule um but I'm curious to see the matchups like anybody else. You know, when are the Saints going to be playing? Which opponents? When, you know, as a Cowboys fan, I'm going to be curious when are the Cowboys going to be playing? You know, which opponents? Um, I don't know the schedule exactly. I don't have any inside information. But I do know all of the opponents that New Orleans will be playing. And I'm going to share those with you now. They're going to be playing at home in the Dome this coming season in some form or fashion. They're going to be playing all the division opponents one time. So that'll obviously be Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa Bay, as well as home games against the Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, Kansas City Chiefs, LA Chargers, and San Francisco 49ers. Uh, That's brutal. Every one of those games is brutal. On the road, they're going to be playing the same division opponents, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, as well as road dates with the Denver Broncos, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Detroit Lions, the Chicago Bears, and the Philadelphia Eagles. So here's here's the thing um for one um that's tough that's tough as nails my god that's tough as nails green bay is going to be good minnesota is going to be good kansas city's the defending champs um 49ers are going to be tough denver should be improved you got to go on the road to play them las vegas is going to be i don't know how good they're going to be but it's the first season in a new stadium and everything there's going to be excitement there chicago if they could get any type of quarterback play at all they're going to be tough philly should be good Um, But from the perspective of someone who's interested in in what New Orleans is doing, I think the thing you've got to look for um, with their schedule is a couple of things. Um, The timing of some of these road games. And if I'm a New Orleans fan looking at this from the outside in, the one thing that I would be curious to see is I wouldn't be uh, necessarily heartbroken if, if the season opened up with a bunch of road games and then it was home heavy late. Because denver could potentially be cold weather um chicago could potentially be cold weather philadelphia could potentially be cold weather and in the case of chicago and philly that could potentially be wind and cold um which could really disrupt some of the things that new orleans could do um now they've kind of beaten that stigma a little bit in recent years they've been a little bit better in conditions than they had been historically um but down the stretch man you'd still like to be at home playing those high stakes games in your home environment so i'm the most you know curious thing for me is the timing of those games, um, when you're going to be playing those road games, what time of the year you're going to be playing those road games, and then seeing how many times you're going to be on primetime. Um, the tradition sort of has been they're going to play Atlanta on Thanksgiving night. I don't know if that's going to continue to be the case. Uh, I would expect it would. I mean, the ratings for those games have been pretty good, and that's a historical rivalry. Um, how many times are you going to be on Monday Night Football? How many times are you going to be on Sunday Night Football? And I know those things are all kind of subject subject to change because with Sunday Night Football, you could flex in and out of certain time slots or whatever. But it's always fun to see and, and kind of visualize what that's going to look like. So that's going to come out on Thursday. I'm curious to see what New Orleans is going to be up against. Big news in the world of baseball, and this will kind of wrap up the, uh, the sports update for the day, is we have gotten word, um, and we being baseball fans around the globe, have gotten word that major league baseball is intending to open spring training on june the 10th um of course spring training was going on when the pandemic first started and when everything started to close um they're going to be looking to reopen spring training on june the 10th with hopes of starting the mlb season on july the 1st uh this is according to several reports in national baseball media um so what that would mean is, is the MLB season would, would open on July the 1st, and according to the report, teams would be playing games in their home parks, um, but fans would not be allowed except in areas that are phased out of the government reopening plan, in which case fans may be allowed. So we're getting there. It's been a long, treacherous road. We're getting there. Um, I, last night I was watching late at night on ESPN. There was some Korean League baseball being played live. So it's was great to see live sports being played. Korea and Asia, of course, are further along in their flattening of the curve efforts than we are. Um, so they're making more progress and they're already back to playing sports. And it's good to hear that we're going to be doing the same. And I'm not going to lie. I don't know anything about Korean League Baseball. I'm not going to claim to know anything about Korean League Baseball. Um, but it was sure good to watch an inning or two of that and just to see you know something live that I didn't know the outcome um, and it, it, I know it's going to give great relief to people. Um, PGA Tour is going to be starting in June. The NBA is having discussions for how to finish their season. MLB now apparently is going to be opening up on July the 1st. NASCAR's already made plans to reopen, so we're getting there, man. We've been closed for such a long time, we're getting there, and this is going to um, be something that uh, is going to be marked as a sad time. We're going to look back on these days for the rest of all of our lives but it looks like there is a light at the end of the tunnel and we're going to push past it all. So we're going to go ahead and catch a quick commercial break. When we get back, we are going to be joined by Teresa Plaisance, WNBA standout, Connecticut son. Teresa is a Vanderbilt graduate, an LSU graduate, phenomenal human being. She's going to tell us her story of training for a WNBA season during a pandemic and also man, some crazy stories she has from her time in China. She was um, right in the middle of it, and she, though never tested positive for COVID-19, was pretty doggone sure that she had it. So let's catch a quick break. We're going to be joined by Teresa right out of this break. It's the Casey's Corner Podcast on LaFoucheGazette.com. LaFoucheGazette.com is your home for all the latest happenings in the LaFouche Parish efforts to fight COVID-19. Every single day at noon, we have a new story with all the updated numbers, and we give um, you know all the latest figures, and we keep you informed. So that's LaFoucheGazette.com. Visit us today for all the latest in the fight in the state of Louisiana and in LaFouche Parish against COVID-19. All right, it's the Casey's Corner Podcast here on LaFoucheGazette.com. We're joined now by a very special guest, WNBA standout, uh, Vanderbilt graduate Teresa Plazos. Teresa, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Casey?
0: I'm doing fine. It's been a while since we've spoke. Teresa and I go way back, dating back to our high school days at Vanderbilt Catholic. Um... Teresa, you're currently training for a WNBA season that is uh, sort of unique because you don't know exactly when it's going to start. Um, Talk us through what's going on with you right now in in your training and your preparations for your next season.
1: Uh, You know, I'm just doing everything that I can do within my means of, you know, my quarantine. Um, Wake up in the morning, I try to stay on a, a routine and I bought a Peloton bike, so I've been doing some Peloton workouts. I've been... Um, I bought some dumbbells, so I have adjustable dumbbells. So I've been um, been able to do some weight training. Not obviously what I'm used to, but within you know the means of quarantine, I've um, been getting that done. Um, I have a levee outside um, by my house. I've been running up and down the levee, you know, just doing some things. I haven't been able to get in a gym, but I do have some basketballs um, that I've been doing ball handling stuff. So it's just like everything within you know underneath my roof and within my neighborhood that you know i can do Um, but it's definitely not a preseason training uh routine that i would say is normal by any means Um, it's just you know the the times that we live in and uh making the best of it
0: you just said that you had a levy next to your house i don't know where you stay but you got to be in louisiana somewhere
1: Yes, I, I, I moved to, back to New Orleans. I just bought a house recently in New Orleans. So, um, I'm down here. I have a house, um, in the off season, which we never have off season. That's kind of one little small benefit of, you know, being able to spend time at home through this quarantine process is actually being able to live at my house. Cause up to this point, I've just owned it. I've never been able to live here. So, <laughs> um, it's nice to be able to like, Actually, unpack my suitcase and live under my roof for a little bit, um, but that's probably, you know, one of the few, very few benefits
0: of this time. Teresa, you were um, the perfect guest to have on today through all this because a lot of folks don't realize you were in China when this was all starting, and I you, was. yeah, and and, and you uh, believe that you may have contracted COVID nineteen while there. Talk us through that story and what that was like. You know, literally being a part of of history.
1: So, I had a game on a Monday night, and I wasn't feeling well before the game. And I was playing on um, Liz Kent She was my former teammate in Dallas. Um, and in that game, I wasn't feeling like myself. I woke up the next morning, and I still wasn't feeling well. Um, you know, but I wasn't playing bad. I just wasn't feeling like myself. by 4 o'clock on that, that Tuesday... um. I uh, I had a 103 fever, and my body was just shot. My body looks were sort of miserable. My migraine—I had a really bad like migraine. I had cold sweats, and I was just like shaking. Wow. Um, yeah, and um, my team—they brought me to the hospital. Um, when I got to the Chinese hospital, um, it wasn't like the, the format that we have um you kind of like go up to like a takeout window it looks like and you put your arm through a hole and they take your blood like that and they give you whatever injections you need through that hole like um so i did that come to find out that they couldn't figure out what i had but they were trying to put my mind to ease they were telling me like oh don't worry like you don't have the flu it's just a virus we don't know what virus it's an unknown virus but at least you don't have the flu and at the time i was like oh it's just a virus like it's gonna pass, not knowing what the coronavirus was. And I didn't realize what the coronavirus, I'd never heard of the coronavirus. There was no such thing as a coronavirus when I was sick. There was actually like the first known um, case of the coronavirus, like I wanna say six days after my spout of it. Um, but still then there, were, there, there was no one really speaking about it in China. And by the time I got home, there was a natural break um, for national team reasons. In my contract so I was able to come home early January and in early January is when we started hearing about here in the States so I was watching the news one day and they were talking about this virus that originated in China and I was like that's weird like I never heard of it and they started talking about the symptoms on the news and I was like you know what this is like really weird like all these symptoms literally checked off I had pneumonia I had super high fever the body aches i had every symptom to go with it right so as soon as i realized like oh i might have had this i went to the doctor got checked out and they were all telling me i went to three different doctors and all three of them were like um i think there's an extreme chance that you had it uh if i had to like bet money on it uh, i would say that you had it um so i wasn't able to get tested then and i've been trying to donate whatever antibodies are still left in my system but i'm too far out of the donation date they i've called a couple companies they told me you need to be within the 28 days of being um cured or whatever from the from the virus and i was just way out of that time frame so um i was never never able to get a confirmation about it but from everything that i went through to what the doctors were saying when i got back um i would I feel very confident in
0: saying that I had it. Um, oh my gosh! So. And, and obviously, you said you were at home when the when the peak of this was starting. Uh, did you guys ever go back, or did just play just kind of stop for the rest of the season after that point?
1: Um. Well, actually, I started training, again because we I had three weeks off, and I started training because I was supposed my flight back was supposed to be on January twenty ninth. So I was training up until my flight to go back and. Um, on the 28th, they called me and told me that my flight was canceled. The team canceled it because the the, the league was going to be suspended for a little bit. They never canceled it. They just recently canceled the women's season. I, I'm sure you heard a little bit about them trying to restart the men's season. Yeah, but um, the women, they just recently canceled it like a couple weeks ago.
0: Wow. And and so in terms of, uh, did, did you know any of your teammates that had had it or anything like that? Did, was it something that went through your locker room or was it just you?
1: No, no, it, it was really crazy because I got it. And then I, after I got sick, I called Liz because I was hanging out with Liz um, later that night after the game and obviously we were guarding each other in the game. And I just wanted to let her know like, Hey, I'm not feeling well. i in the hospital. Like, These are my symptoms. This is what they told me I had. And she was like, oh, I feel great. Like, nothing's wrong. Three days later, she has everything that I had. Oh, my gosh. But she didn't have pneumonia. Yeah, she just had the virus. And they also told her that she had an unknown virus as well. So that was the only person that got sick when I was sick. And I had somebody like my translator in China. She literally had to take care of me. Uh, And when I say take care of me, she was like spoon feeding me and like, Giving me water and stuff because just like merely lifting up my spoon or like putting the water bottle to my mouth was strenuous. It was it was nearly impossible the way my body was feeling. And Casey, I'm the I'm the type of athlete that you know, as athletes we just push our bodies to our limits, and and I can play through pain. I can play through you know struggles, but that was a whole different level of body uh, fatigue. And and just my res- respiratory system afterwards, trying to play in a game. So I was in and out the hospital Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Got on a plane Friday. When I flew to the city on Friday night, landed, went to the hospital, got some more IVs. Saturday morning, we had shoot-around, went to the hospital again after shoot-around for some more IVs. And I didn't practice not a single time since that game. On Monday, I haven't touched a basketball. I lost eight pounds, and I wasn't eating and i i had to play in that game on saturday so i got over it fast but in the game not being able to breathe my lung capacity was i wouldn't even say it was at like 50 percent. i could barely breathe and overseas they expected to play 40 minutes so just being able to make it through (laughs) to halftime was, was a chore but um yeah it was it was difficult it was a difficult time
0: Goodness! So let's talk about something more positive. You're you're now a member of Connecticut. Um, and made that move. Mm-hmm. Uh, we traded in the middle of the last season, and you were going from a team that was not contending for a championship to a team that was right in the thick of it. Uh, how exciting is that for you now to be among the, the top teams in WNBA?
1: It's I'm I'm extremely honored to be a part of the Connecticut Sun organization. Um, I I spent my entire time with you know Dallas slash Tulsa after the relocation and. You know, being traded was a scary thing, um, but once I got there, I, I fell in love with it immediately. Everybody was so great and welcoming, and, you know, just being a part of a locker room where you just you just feel the click, you just feel the energy that they were on an, a whole other level, um, and being able to be a part of that and experience that, and being able to go to the finals to a game five, and, you know, just being five minutes short of a championship is something that, you know, we're all feeling, and... Um, in this off season being in quarantine and training it's hard to stay focused but i think knowing what it felt like to walk off the court with a with a loss um is really our motivation at this point to you know to stay focused during the quarantine and do everything that we can do so we can be ready to make another run cuz that's you know that's what our goal is
0: Teresa, it's weird for me to ask this question because I've been knowing you since you were in high school, but it has got to be even more yeah. weird for you. Is it weird to like be sort of a veteran now? And you know, I mean, you've been playing in WA for is. several years. I'll talk about that.
1: <laughs> it, it's really weird to be honest with you. You know, time flies by. I, I feel like basketball is kind of a time Um, because you know, when you go into a locker room, you could have people. That could be 39 years old. I think super. It's like the oldest. I think she's going to be 40, but you have 40 year olds and then you have 21, 22 year olds coming to league, you know, fresh out of college. So really you're playing with women that, um, are out of your, what you're normally playing basketball with, you know, in AAU and high school, you're playing with kids around your age, college still within your age gap and coming in and walking to the locker my rookie year and having 30 plus year olds on my team and I was just like wow I can't believe that 30 year olds are still playing basketball at this level <laughs> and now that I'm like creeping around 28 I'm like oh my gosh I'm one of those now like I'm the old head in the locker room that's still playing basketball at my age so it's it's really cool it's it's cool to see um, the journey watching you know watching myself then and watching myself now and everything that I've learned and, and still learning um, it's just basketball is a wonderful experience and it's helped me to be able to do a lot of things that I wouldn't be able to do without the sport so yeah I'm very grateful.
0: Now you touched on this earlier in the interview and I'm going to ask you about it now is, is okay your WNBA season ends you've got, you got know, you you don't have six months to rest and you know get stronger you're going to be resting for a couple of weeks and you're going to be going somewhere around the world what's it like to right. sort of have that 12 month around you know globetrotter mentality that way you're always on the go what's that like?
1: Yeah, it's it's a grind. Um, So, for example, our last game in the finals, I think, was October 15th. I had to be in China um, at my first day of practice on October 22nd. So I had seven days to report to China, and that's like a 40-hour travel to get from here to there, too. So there goes a whole day, and I had to fly back from Connecticut. So my time at home was probably like two days. I got to spend with my family before I had to – go off to my next job in China and you know I love it I absolutely love what I do so being able to travel the world and play basketball is something that like I wouldn't be able to do without basketball um and being able to see all the things that I've seen the great world of China everything in Italy um Russia Israel like all these wonderful things the Dead Sea all these great things right um But, you know, your body does get tired. So this is also a nice time for us to, you know, rest our bodies. The first time I ever got a second to rest was when I tore my ACL and that was kind of a forced rest. Obviously, nobody wants to tear their ACL, but tearing my ACL was the first time that I didn't play basketball for a substantial amount of time or really um, more than a week and a half without picking up a basketball or being able to do something on the court with my team. Um so it it's it's hard but it's something that I'm appreciative of because I do get to experience a lot of things with basketball because of the fact that we do have to go play overseas.
0: Teresa, if you were speaking to a high school sophomore or you know even a kid even in middle school that has aspirations to be where you are someday, what would you tell them? Mm-hmm. What would be the advice that you would give them to, you know, encourage them to keep pushing?
1: Um my advice would just be to work hard if if casey you know my story um but for for those who don't it wasn't like the easiest journey for me i was i was really good in high school and then i go to college and i ride the bench for two years so every dream that i had i thought you know was shot i i literally didn't play um and then my junior year i did something about it um a few few of my teammates graduated so there was you know, an opportunity to get some playing time. And, you know, I took advantage and I worked so hard. I wanted it so bad. And and if I can do it, Casey, I'm not, I'm not the strongest. I'm not the fastest. I don't jump the highest, but I'm smart and I work hard. Um, and so what I would tell anybody that, you know, loves the game and really wants to pursue it is, is work hard and you can do it. Like I, I'm a full believer in putting your time into your craft and you'll get what you put into it, out of it. So that's that's what I have to say.
0: Before we let you go, um, your mother is one of the biggest go-getters. I know if I had to imagine, uh, being in quarantine is not doing doobie well, if I had to guess. How's she doing? <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yes, um, my mom was definitely um, on Corona patrol. She um, <laughs> she wasn't allowing anybody in the house. You had to like completely wipe down. This is actually a really funny story. So my brother, he was playing with Spurs, and he had to fly home, like, a few days before they stopped all transportation to and from the U.S. So he barely made it home in that time frame. Um, and when he got home, he thought he was about to be, like, welcome with open arms. He's been gone for a while. Like, he hasn't been home since, like, late August. So he thought he was about to walk home and everyone was be like, Sky, we you missed you, big hugs and everything. No. My mom made him take off all of his clothes. He can only keep (laughs) on his boxers. He had to go straight upstairs and shower. No hugs, no highs, nothing. Just get upstairs and go shower right now because we don't know where you've been and you've been on airplanes. So we don't know what you've touched. Every article of clothing he had on his body in his suitcase went straight into the washing machine. And then after that, we couldn't like touch or be like anywhere near Scotty for like two weeks. He was in, like, isolation, um, but, yes, my mom has been going a little crazy at home, but, you know, she's busy with work and doing her Zoom calls with her team, and she's always trying to find a way to get better, even in these circumstances, even um with whatever resources she has now. Um, she's always, like, pushing to make herself better, make her team better, and obviously, Casey, you see what she can do to a program, so... Um, you know how she is. She's a good old
0: dupes. <laughs> no doubt about it. Look, Teresa, I wanted to tell you, I'm so super proud of you. I remember you've always been so gracious with your time. I remember the day you got back from the McDonald's All-America game. You spent some time with me at Vanderbilt. Anything we've ever needed, you've granted to us. So thank you so much for that, and uh, keep on keeping right. on. We're so happy right. for you.
1: Well, we appreciate you, Casey. You're doing a really
0: great job. Thank you so much, Teresa. This is Teresa Plazos joining us on the Casey's Corner podcast, and we'll be right back after this break. And this would be a good reminder to remind you about the LaFouche Gazette app available in all app stores today. Uh, Just go to your app store, type LaFoucheGazette.com. You get the latest access to all of our news that we're producing. You can get push notifications and anything that we're producing, we could send it to you on your app. 100% easy, 100% free. You don't have to do anything except go to your app store, type LaFouche Gazette, download our app today. That's where you can get all the latest and greatest and stay informed with everything happening in our community. Again, it's the LaFouche Gazette app in your app store, available today. We want to thank Teresa Plazos for joining us in the last segment of the Casey's Corner podcast, but now we go back to the phone lines where we have South LaFouche High School senior, standout athlete, one of my favorite people in the entire world, Michaela Bynum. Michaela, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: Doing fine. Um, look, it's a uh, an interesting time in the world. Um, we talk all the time about the seniors who had their seasons canceled and their careers ended and all this crazy stuff. Well, you were one of them. Uh, how did that feel to – I mean, you were in the middle of a track season. You were in the middle of a softball season. How, how did it feel to, you know, have to be living through that knowing that you're not going to be able to play again and there ain't a doggone thing that you could do about it?
2: Well, it is very heartbreaking that we didn't get our last and our seasons were just getting rolling and then they got cut super sharp. But everything does happen for a reason. And I truly believe that, so I feel like we should all just take this as a learning experience and just move on from it. It was sad, and it was very hard, but we're all going to get through it together. So,
0: Michaela, we had on uh, your softball coach, Coach Pete, yesterday, and he said that it was one of the more emotional days in his entire life whenever he had to break the news to you all. Uh, Take us through that. You were on that bus. What was that like when Coach Pete was letting you guys know, hey, um, we're shut down?
2: well actually i wasn't on the bus because we had a home track meet that ah, friday
0: that's right so
2: i was in english class while they were boarding the bus and they canceled our track meet and we didn't have news that the softball game was canceled yet so i was on the phone calling my mom calling my dad trying to get my softball stuff to me at school so i could hurry up and get on the bus with them but then like within five or so minutes then everything was canceled and school was out for a month.
0: Goodness. So, now, one yeah. of the things you all did that was so interesting and, and I actually wrote about it after it happened was whenever the news finally broke that, okay, because at first it was just a, you know, a postponement for a couple of weeks and everybody thought you guys would be able to get back right. at it. Then whenever you found out, hey, this is done and and we're not coming back. Um, the the senior softball players, or I think actually the entire softball team, went out to the park, and you guys sat in your cars and watched the sunset at the park. What was that like? Was that – looking at the pictures, that was cool as heck. What was that like being a part of that?
2: It was awesome. We texted amongst ourselves, and we decided to go because we just wanted to share at least one more moment together. So we just sat, and we listened to music. We talked, we kept our distance. We all stayed in our cars. Nobody got out, and we just sat until – the sun went down and some of like people started leaving and I was one of the few that stayed to like to be one of the last ones to leave because it was just something that I'll never get back so I was just sitting there looking at the field soaking everything in before we all went home
0: now Michaela you're one of the more humble people that I know but I could tell you this you're one of the single best female athletes in the history of South Lafouche high school you have so many decorated accomplishments and accolades and just look back at that that amazing career um You made so many memories, and it's incredible. Do you ever kind of look back and say, my goodness, this has been a crazy four years?
2: All the time, especially in this time where I have nothing much to do but stay at home and I can't really do anything at all. I just look at pictures and videos, and I just go back and reminisce about all the memories for the past four years, and it was amazing. I would definitely do it all over again.
0: No doubt about it. And, and now, actually, this: uh, what will you miss the most about being a, a student athlete at, down the by at, at South La Bush High School?
2: Um, I would have to say probably the love and support from not only like your closest friends and family, but from everyone. There's always people supporting all sports from the entire community, and they share all the memories with you. So it just makes it so much more fun and memorable because everybody's there and everybody's always included and always supporting and then there's people there's like younger people that are always supporting that not necessarily that i'm related to or i personally know but there's all those people that are looking up to me because i've i have accomplished so much like you said so it just makes me feel good
0: no doubt michaela um one of the things that that started after this all uh, started transpired was the adopt a senior program and and I know that you've been receiving gifts. I've been seeing them posted on social media and everything like that. So, I mean, what's that feel like to, to know that even though you're not around, you know, the, these people every day, that they're still showing you some love and, and giving back. I'm sure it's got to make you feel awfully happy.
2: It does. It feels great for thinking of us and so many of us because there's so many people who've been adopted all over the parish. And it just it feels good that people are thinking of us and that they realize how hard this is for us to go through.
0: Now, one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, with you is um, you are not able to physically perform or compete, but you ain't sitting on the couch. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, you decided you wanted to run 26 miles in 26 hours. And I know I'm speaking to you today after you just got back from running. Um, Tell me about what that the the whole 26-mile thing. Where did that come from? Uh, What was it like doing it? And uh, my goodness, you're bigger and stronger than me because I could have never done that. I would have passed out.
2: Well, so I was on TikTok. There was a TikTok trend. I know it's stupid. It's a social media site, but I saw it on there, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. But, like, on TikTok, they would take small segments of them running each mile, and they would kind of put it together. So I looked it up on YouTube, and I found a video, and I watched the entire video. But, of course, it was, like, an actual marathon runner who does that all the time. And I was like, well, I really have nothing better to do, so I might as well just try it. And... I started and then I had to make a little modification because, of course, my parents didn't really feel comfortable with me, a teenage girl running outside at two o'clock in the morning. But as soon as the sun came back up, I made sure I finished all 26 miles before the 26 hours was up. And Wait. It was just relaxing.
0: <laughs> so, running 26 miles is relaxing to you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, like it's, I find running very relaxing. Like your body, once you get to a certain point, your body just kind of goes, I guess you could say, yes, it's tiring and it hurts. And you get far, of course, but I just, I think running is very relaxing. It's a good way to just think and go.
0: Oh, Lord, I wish I could be like that. (laughs) Now, Makayla, you recently made the decision. A lot of folks uh, don't realize you had the opportunity to play college athletics. You had a chance to be a student athlete at the next level. you recently made the decision to bypass that to focus on your academics. What went into that decision? And uh, talk us through that process.
2: Well... I have it is all it was always a dream to play college basketball that I worked very hard and basketball was my entire life and it has some some of the best memories like basketball has made me into the person I am today I truly believe that all my sports I feel like have but basketball you had to be a leader that was able to carry on to other sports and I have just grown into that person and I feel like it's helped me in like my social life, be a leader and not always be a follower. So I thought about it long and hard. And I, I'm going into the medical field. I wanna be a physical therapist. So PT school, that is very, very competitive to get into. And being a student athlete, trying to get into PT school, I just felt like that would have been super hard and super stressful. So I went back and forth. I thought about it on my own a lot. I prayed about it a lot. I cried about it a lot. Before like I brought it up to my parents and then I decided maybe a week or two into quarantine and I told my parents and we talked about it and we thought about it before we made any final decisions. And then I called coaches and I thanked them for all of our time and wished them the best in their season I let them know. And I just, I thought it was the best decision for me. That way I'm able to be the best student I am, the way I have a successful career after college.
0: Because no doubt about it. It
2: is more to life than basketball.
0: No doubt about it. We're talking with South of senior Michaela Bynum. We've been asking her about her time in quarantine and a little bit about her career. Now we're going to introduce you all to a little bit about Michaela Bynum, the person. So I'm going to ask you a couple of random questions, Mac. Um, yes, Mac, sure. what is your favorite food? What is the one thing that you love to eat more than anything else in the world?
2: Either crawfish or wings. <laughs>
0: okay, ain't nothing wrong with either one of them. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm going to ask you this, and I'm I'm fascinated to hear the answer to this. What television show do you always stop to watch every time it's on TV when you're flipping through the channels?
2: Oh, see, that's a hard one because I don't really watch TV. <laughs> if I watch TV, it's Netflix or like a movie, but it'll probably be like a cooking show.
0: Okay, that sounds like good. Like Chopped,
2: Chopped or something like that. Okay. Or Law and Order one of those
0: okay sounds good uh are you a dog person or are you a cat person
2: i am a dog person i love dogs i am the person who if i'm in new orleans a pretty dangerous place and i see a random person with a dog i don't care who they are what they look like i'm asking them if i could pet their (laughs) dog.
0: i'm with you there um what role model athlete did you look up to most growing up oh that
2: is a hard one Um, uh, probably, I don't know. That's a very hard one. Okay. I would say somebody like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. And then also, I know you talked to Teresa earlier. I loved her when I was younger. I went to many camps and she was always there. I have multiple pictures with her and I loved her. I followed her through college to the WNBA. So
0: very good. Very good. Um, What is the best advice you've ever been given?
2: To stay true to yourself and not change for anyone, that you're you for, like, a reason. And your reason may not be, like, shown to you. You might not be able to see it now, but you do have a reason and a purpose. So just stay you and be the best person you can be.
0: Very good. And last question we got for you, Mac, and I, I... I know that there are many of them to pick from, so I'm going to ask you to pick one. What is your most memorable high school basketball game?
2: My sophomore year, the third round of the playoffs, at home to go to the Final Four.
0: You see, that that is, and I've said this on this podcast, that is the most memorable game, or one of the most memorable games that I've ever called. The energy uh, and I'm going to yeah. ask you another question. The energy in the gym with that night. what's it like playing in that type of environment? Because I remember at one point in that game and and Taylor and I are both speaking to one another in microphones. So like we should be able to hear one another, even if it's very loud. I turned to him Thank and I think. said, brother, I don't understand anything you're telling me right now. I can't hear a doggone thing you're saying. So what's it like to be playing in that type of a rowdy environment? It was like at a rock concert. What's that like?
2: It just feels amazing that you, like I said earlier, how the community always supports athletics at Salus. It's just something about, like, it's just something that everyone does. And having that many people there behind you, every single move, they're watching every step, and they're still cheering you on no matter what happens, and they're just there with you. It just feels so amazing. It's You can't really describe it. It's just a different feeling, but it's amazing.
0: Well, Michaela, I thank you so much for the time. Uh, I'm so proud of you. You know that. And uh, I always said you were one of my favorite student-athletes. Now you're going to just be one of my favorite students, okay?
2: (laughs) Well, thank you.
0: Thanks so much for the time. That's Michaela Bynum joining us on the Casey's Corner Podcast. We're going to catch a quick break, and we get back right after this. And this break will allow me to tell you guys that I'm doing this Casey's Corner Podcast for you, our readers and our listeners at the LaFouche Gazette. Um, I'm doing this 100% for you to give you guys an opportunity to have a little peace of mind and a little bit of normalcy during this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, But I also want your input into the things we talk about. So if there's a guest you'd like me to get, let me know. I'll try my darndest to have them on. If there's a topic you'd like me to talk about, let me know, and I'll do my darndest to inform myself and educate myself on that topic. If there's a team that you want to reminisce about or a game or anything of that sort, let me know. We'll make it happen here on the Casey's Corner Podcast. We thank Michaela Bynum for the time. Michaela is such a wonderful human being. We thank her so much for her time. Uh, she's staying busy as she always is. Um, welcome back. It's the Casey's Corner Podcast on Um, We want to do a couple of things here. We're going to give you your COVID update in just a minute, but I got a couple of attaboys and a couple of things I want to shout out first before we do so. Um, I want to give a big shout out to the South LaFouche High School Art Department. Um, they are one of 25 finalists for a uh, to win a prestigious contest. It is called the 2020 Vans Custom Culture, an annual competition held for high school art programs to design a new shoe for the Vans brand. Um, South Africa students got together and designed two different types. One is a seafood po boy that is one foot, and the other is a mouth that is waiting to eat the seafood po'boy. The other is a more colorful, classic skater type shoe. Um, the school if they win this prize will win fifty thousand dollars so i'd encourage you guys to go and vote to help south Lafouche high school out add me on facebook um or you know google vans uh you know let's see what again I'll, I'll name you the the exact name of the competition um or search the hashtag vans hs custom culture contest um, you'll be able to find a way to vote go vote for south of the only louisiana school so if you're listening to this and you're from homa and you you know you don't want to leave out Terrebonne or hl bourgeois they're not in the contest south of which is the only school in louisiana in the contest go vote and support our local kids um fifty thousand dollars would mean so much that program that does so uh so much for so many i am a proud alum of that program um i took art one and two in high school um had uh, uh sharon Ducey, my cousin for art two had uh, Donna, then it was Donna Berg, now Donna Pontiff who's uh, the art teacher at South Foosh now. They do so much for the kids, give them so much love, so much creative support, um, so much encouragement, and the art that those children produce, say children, they're teenagers, the art those teenagers produce is flawless. You could see it in the design of the shoe. You could see it in the walls of the high school. Um, The school is literally an art mural from all the creations and all the different senior classes from years past they do unbelievable work and i would encourage strongly for you guys to go sign up um south lafouche bantam football is hosting their sign-ups as well wanted to give a shout out to them if you have a child that is bantam football aged and is interested in playing go on, on the internet sign up sl scanner facebook page i know they left a, a message there or you can find them on lafouchegazette.com we'll have a story up later tonight where you could uh Read about sign-ups, Click the link to sign up. It's going to be fifty dollars per child, um, but I'm being told by the folks um, with South Louisiana Football that they are not going to be—they're um, not going to be uh, collecting money until after the pandemic ends. They know that it's a rough time for people, so they want you to sign up so they know how much equipment and everything they need to get. But they're not going to actually be collecting the money until a little bit later. And lastly, I wanted to give a shout out before we get our COVID-19 update to the price of oil. Um, everybody has been uh, so doom and gloom. And the day that it crashed a couple of weeks ago, everybody, oh man, oil crashed. I saw it in big bold headlines, and everybody, liberal national media, was so pleased and so happy to report that oil had crashed. While well, I've been documenting and following the ascent back of the price, it is now twenty five dollars per barrel, up twenty two percent today. The reason for the increase is states are beginning to open up. We're starting to use some of that energy that we're producing. Um, and from what I understand from forecast and everything like that, it's going to continue to rise. It's going to continue to go up and it's going to get back to that even to that point where we could start to, you know, push past the break even point, get more work done. Uh, people are hurting. People are worried. People are concerned. But I've spoken to a lot of people who know a lot about all this. And the sooner we could get back to work, the sooner that price is going to continue to go up. And I truly believe in my heart of hearts that I mean, well, look, you just got to look around us, everything that we do in day-to-day life, uh, uses oil, uses uh, gasoline, you know, uses natural gas, and all these things are tied to the oil and gas industry, obviously. Um, We all have cars, we all use electricity, wherever it may be, so that industry is not going away. We just need to get back to work and, and start using some of the energy that we produce, and since some states have reopened, we're starting to get to that point, and the price continues to go up, so that's great to see, but along those lines, now we want to give your COVID-19 update, and then we're going to take some questions, and then we'll we'll go on home today on this wonderful Casey's Corner update, or up, uh, Casey's Corner podcast, rather. Today in the state of Louisiana, we added just more than 300 new COVID cases. We have 29,996 total cases in the state. Um, 2,042 people have died in the state. There are 73 probable uh, deaths in that number. Uh, the hospitalization numbers continue to trend in the right direction. There are 1,512 people hospitalized. 194 patients are on ventilators in the state. Um, you look back. I'm going to go. I'm going to pull up the exact numbers for you. 1,512. The last time we had 1,512 people hospitalized with COVID ailments in Louisiana it was April the first. So that's literally more than a month ago. The last time we had 194 people on ventilators. Uh, let's go back on the spreadsheet. March the 25th. So that's more than a month. So we're making great progress. Um, we're doing things tremendously. You go and you look at the Lafouche numbers. We added five more cases today 686 cases total in Lafouche. So um, keep doing what you're doing. Things are on the up and up. We're past this peak. We've obviously got to keep taking care of our business and we've got to keep doing the things that got us to this point. Um, but we've done a good job to stem that tide. Hospital demand is is continuing to be good. I'll pull up the exact numbers. For region three, our area, um, let's see, we have um, 20 ventilators in use, 104 available, that's good. We have 39 ICU beds that are in use, 52 available, that's good. We have 505 hospital beds being used, 348 are available. So we're at or near the top of the state in all of these statistics and it was even better is that some of the quote unquote troubled areas that the governor had been referencing um, uh, that were, quite frankly, limiting our ability to reopen. They've made a little bit of progress as well as the Baton Rouge area, northern Louisiana, the Lafayette area. They've started to make a little bit of progress in stemming their tide. So I have just no questions and, and no doubts that when May the 15th, if not maybe even a little bit sooner, we're going to be able to start having conversations for how to enter phase one. Um, I think Governor John Bell Edwards is on board. He's gotten his testing commitment from the federal government. And the numbers are and the stars are sort of aligning. And I think we'll be able to get that done. So I'm going to take a couple of questions. that we're going to sign off here today. Uh, first, COVID 19 question is, and of course, if you have any questions and you want to send them my way, just clairecasey at gmail.com. I get tons of them from everybody. I'm happy to answer your question. Um, they're going to be at times during this podcast where I'm going to answer the same question more than once. Um, that's just because I don't want to assume that someone who asked a question has been listening to every episode um so if i answer a question more than once that's why i just want to make sure that if it's a question that i'm being asked enough that the more you know more and more people have the opportunity to to hear the answer without actually physically listening to every single episode so first question is the public testing site in raceland still open for covid19 testing and it is um absolutely is um it was, it's going to be open Monday through Friday from eight to 12 and keep in mind, um, you'd maybe be better served to go closer to eight than to 12 because they are limited to the number of tests that they're able to administer in a day over there. Um, so if you show up at 1150, you know, they may be out of their allotment for tests for that day and they may have to close down. So if you are needing a test, uh, it's 100% free, you just go there, they're gonna give you the kit, you're gonna swab yourself, give back to them and they'll let you know the result. Um, but yeah, that site is still open at the LPSO shooting range in Raceland. Next question, is it possible I had COVID-19 and don't know it? I was around it, but never had symptoms. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, it is It is possible. Um, if you look at some of the antibody studies that have been done around the country, um, there are tons and tons of cases, and that's why this is so dangerous, is that there have been tons and tons of instances where people, um, are testing positive for antibodies, but never felt any symptoms and never experienced any illness or anything of that sort. Um, you look at some of the study, like I told you about this yesterday in yesterday's episode, that study uh, uh, at the, the meatpacking plant where there were 300 people who tested positive and none of them had symptoms. None of them, not one. They were all asymptomatic. Um, their antibodies testing being done in, in prisons and everything like that and and you're seeing situations where i remember reading about one prison in i think it was illinois but don't quote me on that there was one prison where they, they tested 150 inmates and i think there were 44 inmates who tested positive and only one of them was showing physical symptoms so there are tons of people who have this and don't experience anything it's a cough and a cold and you know just kind of allergy type symptoms and you don't think anything of it so you don't ever get tested. I um, was talking to a friend of mine today who who said she had it and and it's just not it was a minor nuisance, just fever for a day, you know, just kind of achy for a day and then it went away. There are other people like Teresa who was on earlier today um who had it real bad and, and it varies, but the key thing is is that when you're a carrier, even if you're an asymptomatic carrier, you could still give it to other people, and that's why it's you know such a dangerous thing. Question three. I'm planning a trip home for the holidays during Christmas. Do you think we will still be dealing with this at that time? Um, I don't like to make these types of wide scale predictions. Um, That is still seven months away. Um, My heart of hearts, you know, I don't think we're going to still be dealing with this by then. Um, I don't think we're going to still be dealing with this by football season. Um, But you hear these things about, uh, you know, a resurgence in the fall and, so I don't know. I can't say with 100% certainty, but I mean, I, in my heart of hearts, yeah, I think that will be okay. And I think that you could go ahead and start planning that trip. Um, and I, yeah, I think it'll be fine. Number four, is it okay to buy p- products made in China at this time? It's this a good question. I get this question quite a bit. Um, yeah, it is. Um, for one, they're they're out of it. <laughs> uh, they, they've long flattened their curve. They're back working. Um so on one hand, yeah, you know, there's not a, any type of danger there. But on the other hand, even if there were a danger and even if the pandemic was still going on, um, this thing, by the time it would get to you from there, it, anything that would be on it would have been either burnt off or just worn off. I mean, this thing could last for a couple of days or a week or whatever on the surface at 70 degree temperatures. But to get from China to you, it's gonna take a long time, A, to get here. And B is going to have to endure some some different you know temperatures and everything like that to get to that point. So I don't think that that's any type of significant concern. I've actually done a little bit of research on this topic, and, and experts agree that that's not anything that we've got to be worried about at this time. Number five: Why are nursing homes being hit so hard during this pandemic? Uh, just basic math. Um, same thing like like we talked about earlier with the prisons. Um, if you have two hundred people living in one you know big giant house and they all are, you know, roomed next to one another in, you know, within 15, 20 feet of one another, you could see where that would be a problem because it's, it's physically impossible to socially distance in that type of setting. Um, and then on the other foot is that, you know, if you're in a nursing home, you're in a nursing home for a reason. That's because you're very old and you've got significant issues that you're not able to take care of yourself anymore. So those are the people right off the bat that are at the greatest risk to begin with to deal with anything, much less COVID-19. So that's one of the biggest reasons why we're seeing such an epidemic and such, you know, problem in our state's nursing homes is because it's just physically impossible to socially distance for one and then for two, this virus loves people with pre-diagnosed conditions and the elderly and that's, you know, 99.9% of the people who are in nursing homes meet all of those criteria. Number six, do you feel safe going to the beach right now during this time? Um, I won't be going anytime soon, not necessarily because I I feel that it's dangerous just because, no busy schedule and trying to stay home as best I can. Um, But, I mean, if that's what floats your boat and you do it responsibly, um, I I don't think that it's necessarily a a huge issue. Um, Sitting in the sun is, is proven to be safer than staying inside um, direct sunlight, uh, kills this virus. Um, so I think that it's okay, but you got to do it responsibly, man. I'm, I'm okay for going and sunbathing and sitting out on the, you know, the sand and listening to the water. I'm not as okay with going and partying with 30 people and, you know, drinking and this alcohol lowers your immune system and playing beer pong and all the different things. I mean, I'm not okay with all that stuff. Um, but if you're going to just go and get outside and you know maybe go out on the boat or whatever it may be uh yeah i think that's fine and i think that the medical experts back that up and say that it's okay and if it weren't okay quite frankly it wouldn't be allowed so the fact that we're able to do it tells you that that it's something that can be done uh, let's see two more questions one is going to be a COVID question then a random question that i got that i thought i, I would answer um where am i getting my COVID 19 information and data um from the Louisiana Department of Health site for the Louisiana stats. Um, they've been pretty good. One of the only things they've been pretty good at has been <laughs> updating things consistently and daily at noon. Um, so I get my stuff there. That is ldh.la.gov forward slash coronavirus. There's a big old map that gives you the the cases by parish. And if you scroll, it gives you all the hospitalization numbers. It gives you all the track numbers where you could see where in each parish cases are being located um so i've been finding things there and then for my national numbers i've been going to let me pull up the site it is uh yeah that uh, world forward slash coronavirus they keep tabs on all the national data and you could see i mean it's up to the second these guys do a phenomenal job you can see 1.2 million cases in the united states and it shows you a state-by-state breakdown and it tracks all the different history of cases and everything like that. Um, So that's where I get all my national data. You could see uh, in the last couple of days, cases actually in the United States have been kind of trending down, so that's been good to see. Uh, But on the weekend and early week, it's usually a little lower. Midweek, it's usually a little bit higher as the labs produce more results and all that good stuff. Um, So last question, then we'll wrap up. Um, I I had to answer this one. it's, It's something that I'm so interested in. Did you watch Tiger King? What are your thoughts about it? Um, I did. I think it's a train wreck. Um, but I think it's a fascinating train wreck. To see the things that that man did to manipulate people. Um, to get them to do his bidding. Those people were working for free to keep that zoo alive. Being paid mostly in you know, drugs and all the different things that were going on there. That's fascinating to me. Um, and then the story the you know, the general overlying theme and story of the things that, that hatred and the things that, you know, the, the quest for revenge pushed Joe exotic to do. That's fascinating to me, man. Like you, you have that much hatred built in you. You could do so many crazy things. And then just the, the stories and the backstories of people turning on one another. And it's a train wreck. It, it's, it's Jersey shore It's the lowest of the low scum level train wreck. But the story is so fascinating and it's such an interesting documentary. Um, but it's also, you know, I left it wondering, like, how in the hell is this the only guy that got arrested? Um, they, they have on video him getting help planning this alleged, you know, heist that he was trying to do murdering Carol. And then we can talk about why Carol should be in jail. That's a whole other argument for another day. But how is Joe the only one that went down for this? I, I'll never know. I guess you know they needed a big fish, and the first domino fell, but managed riveting everything that you think. Uh, just when you think, man, there, there's nothing on this documentary that could get crazier, something happens, and it's crazier than than the last story that you thought could never be topped. I want to sincerely thank you guys for the questions. I want to sincerely thank you guys for the support and for listening, and I want to sincerely thank our guest, Teresa Pleasants, WNBA star, Connecticut Sun, Michaela Vines, Southridge High School senior. Um, I thank them so much for their time. I've gotten commitments from several other people who are going to be joining us here in the coming days. Professional basketball player, Randy Brown has said she's going to join us. Um, I'm I'm working on getting something with Jewel Triggs, who's a Thibodeau area basketball player and assistant women's basketball coach at UL Monroe. Um, Working to get Thibodeau high school quarterback, Luke Alamo on the line. So we're doing some things we're going to, I know. All my tarpon people have been telling me, man, you got to get the new coach on the podcast. I just spoke to him on the radio on Saturday, so I don't want to ask him to do two different, you know, interviews uh, in, in just a couple of days. I'm gonna get BJ Young on the podcast. Give me a little time. Get, let's socially distance our interview, so to speak. But we're gonna get BJ on. He's gonna be excited to tell us about what he anticipates bringing to South Florida football. But we're gonna sign off right here. We want to thank all of our guests, all of our listeners. We're probably not gonna record one tomorrow. But in the coming days, we're going to get another one. Uh, Keep it on LaFoucheGazette.com. You guys enjoy your Tuesday. Have a great Wednesday. All that good stuff. Go out, get some sun, socially distance. We're doing it, y'all. Let's just keep doing it so we can get this thing out of here. Have a great day, everybody.
1: I told her quite a story Said I'd love her forevermore But the trouble is I tell the same old story To every girl that walks through the door this, this is the Six dog